Thank you very much. First of all, uh, welcome. It's a really, really big group. I'm happy that you are here from the 361 network. All the beautiful initiatives and projects which are going to be presented, also hello to you. And also hello to the Rotarians between us, which are also supporting. This is really, really nice to see how, um, you know, this is what I'm observing since um, I was involved in all the activities uh, around Ukraine, that we have new emergent leadership. And I can observe this in Ukraine itself, self-organization, organizations getting together, individuals and so on. This, um, what I always uh, promote, the catalyst leadership is emerging and it's really much more effective uh, than, than this big pyramidal systems of long decision lines and so on. And that's why we try out today a, um, a format, and I hope there's going to be more of it, um, where we're going to um, try to match those providing already, you know, and uh, with those like providing help on the ground. Provide, providing a connection to funds. This is the overall objective. And if you could enable me to share the screen, I could also underline my speaking right now with it. Oh, yeah, great. So, um, short story to that. You see here um, the uh, the crops and the sky. I just learned. I, I met in Poland. And a mother of three children, and she started to talk to me all the stories in Ukrainian. I could understand it as a Polish person and cried with me and so on. But uh, what she then explained to me, and I was the learning of the day was uh, what the Ukrainian flag means. It means exactly that grain and sky. Yeah. So we are here to scale impact. So the teams which are going to present today uh, have a track record already, in specifically right now in Ukraine. And I hope that we are getting together here to scale the impact on the ground. Thank you very much. Because we are such a big group, and Mark told already that we are going to have a feedback tool and so on, I would love to invite you to do something maybe different than in uh, every day. So for those who are now on a desktop computer and have a mobile phone to their hands, I would love you to all take your mobile phone right now and activate the camera if it's okay. Because I'm going to first onboard you to the tool with a QR code. Oops, I'm going to keep it. Please keep it. And for the others, on any device where you can have a secondary display and so on, type in menti.com and then type in the number if you can't open a QR code. But I think since COVID time, you know how to... Uh, uh, use QR codes, right, ladies? So, this onboarding process is going to take a few minutes, but then if you bear with me, I'm going to explain in, in a second why this is good for us. And, uh, you know, I would love to hear all of you and capture all your perspectives in our session right now. <sighs> Wait a little bit. So, I'm assuming. You are all there. You got something on the screen right now, yeah? Open a web page, and I'm going to explain how to operate with that. And uh, for those who are on um, the mobile phone, uh, where is this link? Give me a second. A copy voting link. I'm going to send also here in uh, Zoom uh, for those who are on mobile devices that you can open up a secondary window. 
I'm always getting confused with the Zoom other, okay? Um, you can use this link to open a secondary window on your mobile device so you can always switch between the Zoom call and whenever I ask you to vote, you can always leave your vote. So how does this work? Well, um, let me just take an ex short explanation. Here's the example vote. I put here something to um, expose a little bit of to you also my private life, yeah? Um, it's going to now, as an example, it's going to work like that. You're going to have always a, on the left hand side a call for voting. Or sometimes in between the presentations, you can also respond and give reactions. I think this is very helpful also for the presenter if you uh, could do it. And on your device, you can send uh, votes. For example, here you have buttons. Sometimes you have sliders or text boxes to fill out. And then you just press submit and you're submitting your vote. And it should look at the end like this. If you're all voting, we're going to have different numbers. Things will emerge and so on. Yeah. And while presenters presenting, you can always send a comment on the screen. Say, hi. And you see a second later, this hi will emerge. Yes. So whenever you have a, you want to express something, just use the send a comment. If you really feel, have a feeling on the chest, you need to park a question generally or to one of the presenters, you can open the Q&A and ask a new question, but you can also upvote the questions of other people. You will figure it out while you're using this. But nonetheless, we will always have a point in time where we're going to collect live your comments and feedbacks on a, on a specific slide. So this is how, how to use. And let's make an exercise. So I see you already started uh, to, to vote here, right? Um, so let's play this game now. Um, I see already 11 people voted. So what do you think, what is true for me? Um, the first answer is, uh, if I could, I would uh, pay to visit um, the moon right now. I can play the piano or... I am definitely afraid of clowns. Please guess what of those answers is true or false. And I'm going to have a little bit more votes so I can then understand that you're understanding. Wait, I, I think I answered for myself. I didn't answer thinking of, of oh. you. No, but it's okay. it's okay. What is the test? It's just, it's just the test. So if we have eight other more votes, I think then you have uh, at least half of the people got the tool. I wait a little bit. Yep. Okay. I, I, is this? Yes. I, maybe I'm missing it. Is this what you're, we're supposed to be you're presenting or is this a tool before your presentation? It's a tool before the presentation, John, just so, because we're all going to be <laughs> using the tool. Yes. Because oh, we're going to, okay. Thank you. Because we're a group, you know, I, I would love that, that we get, capture everyone's perspective oh, here. I, I, so I think we got the tool. Maybe we can move on to uh, to the presentations. Okay, great. Uh, so now on your tool, uh, you should have a um, a field where you can fill out your uh, name. So please leave your name here. Mm -hmm. It should look like that. If it's not looking like that, what is your name? What is your email address? If it's not like that, 
then please reload the page or so, say go to slide if it's like that happens sometimes. Okay. Bear with me, then we're going to start and it's going to be much quicker, but I would love that you just understand this is your voting tool. This is the way how you can express yourself to the others. Thank you very much. Okay. Maybe this is the moment in time we should play a background music. Maybe as they do it, you can talk about the programs, give it the yes. So today um, we are gonna have um, um, five uh, organizations, which uh, are from um, one is communication, the others is supplying uh, goods directly. They established some warehouses and and transport routes and su and, and um, supplying directly um, food. And uh, one uh, organization is gonna um, is uh, having um, medical uh, first aid kits. And uh, one organization is um, providing all different kind of immediate help. And uh, I'm ho hopefully Ekaterina is on the call. Um, this is um, um, Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, they're going to talk about it. I just got ten names here. And and don't forget J James Oliver on a non-Ukrainian. Yes, and James Oliver, sorry, on the Maybe, Foundation. And James Oliver is is doing something local, so not Ukrainian related, but also very very helpful and happy to to hear your organization. Um, so I just see just ten people signed up right now on the onboarding. Uh, I'm just going to continue now. Okay, eleven, twelve. I think the critical number is the half for me. Um, we'll continue to onboard as, as you as you go, I think, Mars. Okay, great. So now short warm up, and then we start. In three words, what is the the Ohio meetup for you? Is it all Ohio related here, or is it not? Otherwise, I skip it. No, no, skip. You don't have to. Okay, great. Much great. I know of Ohio. Marcelo, ah, the format is following. We're going to have always a five-minute uh, pitch presentation and five minutes time for Q&A. And now I'm giving the mic to Marcelo with CityLink. Let me know, Marius, if you can hear me. I yep. can hear you. Perfect. So Marcel, I, I, I was uh, so open and, and uh, re rescheduled a little bit the presentation. So just to start with the problem, is it okay for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, in five minutes, I'm basically going to do a storytelling and uh, people can okay. get the presentation if they need re reference and then happy to answer any questions later by email or uh, contacting me directly uh, for okay. those who like to uh, get uh, very specific information that is not there. Uh, so we'll have five minutes now to do the storytelling? Yep. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, uh, apologies because I'm in my car. I cannot even see myself, but I decided to put myself uh, on video because that was do for the world. Do, do you see the screen right now? I can see the screen, yes. Okay. So um, whole Ukraine gets bombarded, right? So infrastructure gets destroyed. And this is basically 
And um, maybe I, I can just tell why I'm involved in this and uh, how. So this is a great uh, page um, uh, to have a generic perspective. So uh, thanks, everybody, for the time. I know a few of you, actually, in fact, might have drove all the way to Ukraine from a, a warehouse in Lithuania with me uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, but the background of this project uh, is, uh, in fact, uh, depending on how you define it, uh, six years ago, 100 years ago. My family has been in telecommunications for a century. My grandfather was a telegraph operator with the Brazilian Navy in the 20s. Then he built the first commercial radio station in Rio in 1935. My father was his trainee, then became a pioneer in analog television. I became a pioneer in digital television and then large-scale Wi-Fi platforms. So it's pretty much 100 years of doing communications in the family. And it's... Uh, a background that I'm uh, very proud of. And uh, around seven years ago, I created a nonprofit called Broadlights, uh, which uh, aims in generic terms to bring affordable connectivity to vulnerable communities. The main focus then being the poor half of the United Nations, so the countries that are small islands or landlocked or the least developed. And um, that got me to lots of presentations uh, in uh, many levels within the UN or other institutions. I got to do a, a TEDx in Geneva about bringing connectivity to refugee camps. And um, I, I actually wanted to move on to deploying uh, those services, but it's really, really complex, right? You're dealing with the Wi-Fi manufacturer, you're dealing with the banks that are financing, with the governments. So it's very hard to do that as an association. And when the invasion uh, took place, uh, it was relatively straightforward for me to get all of those concepts that were developing over the years, plus experience in my connections in the industry, to come up with a solution that was very adapted to the context of uh, cities being bombed, infrastructure being destroyed in a very random and wanton way where you don't really know who's being attacked. But one of the things that struck me the most when I went to Ukraine, I went there uh, to Lviv with Marius, and then had to uh, fly to Chicago for the 361 conference, and I continued to Kiev and went to many of the areas that are impacted. Uh, the uh, uh, school in Zhytomyr between Lviv and Kiev that was destroyed with a single missile, uh, and then uh, other places um, uh, that you may have heard of, like Irpin, Bucha, Gostomo, Borodyanka, because these places have been in the news for a reason. I mean, the destruction is just absolutely astonishing. But the thing that I didn't realize is that in the villages, usually the biggest building is a school. So when the Russians invaded, they started storing ammunition or they would have the headquarters uh, in the school buildings. And uh, when they were pushed back, they would just set it alight, just blow it up so that um, they uh, wouldn't leave ammunition uh, to the Ukrainians. So there is um, a village uh, just north of uh, Kiev, around one hour away. Uh, called the Bogdanivka, where the primary school in kindergarten was blown up because it was an ammo depot. The secondary school uh, was set alight because it was a battle uh, in that uh, neighborhood. So they don't have any schools, plus the infrastructure uh, in terms of telecommunications and much more was destroyed. And by the time that I was there, they had two megabits per second for a place with a thousand people. So the students don't have a school anymore. They can't even study online. And this is being restructured now, so they are trying to replace infrastructure was damaged, but this takes time and it's very expensive. And uh, no, they cannot be in all the villages all the time. So what it's trying to focus on really is the humanitarian aspect of telecommunications, making sure 
that uh, we have a rapid response infrastructure that allows us to just put a Starlink there and uh, get uh, the uh, Wi-Fi infrastructure to spread this single resource, because it's really one terminal that's actually quite expensive. Um, in terms of bill of materials, it costs $1,600, even though when you buy it from Starlink, you're paying 600 That's because of the subscription. So we have to be very, very careful in terms of how many Starlinks uh, we can afford. And Ukraine right now, even though it's active, uh, it's waitlisted. If you want to get a Starlink there, I have to wait for six months. So we have to be really, really careful uh, with the use of this resource. And what we're trying to do here that we're calling CityLink, not a brand name, it's just a way of uh, you know, describing uh, what uh, we're trying to achieve, is uh, a way to get a single Starlink and then have multiple repeaters going to areas of humanitarian response, such as hospitals, schools, administration buildings, and uh, make sure that all of them uh, are connected. In certain regions, uh, you actually have the risk of the Starlink location being bombed, especially close to the front line. And um, a solution that can leverage the technology we're bringing is to get the Starlink to be located in a safe place with no one around. And then with the Wi-Fi links, we have these little bubbles of connectivity far away from any danger zone. Right? So the uh, approach uh, is very much focused on humanitarian. Uh, it's uh, very much focused on the rapid response because of the difficulties that we have to restore the connectivity in areas that were destroyed. And um, it's also uh, meant to be help in Ukraine that lasts a very long time and helps through reconstruction. So I have a whole bunch of projects that we're looking on. This is the most important. I don't know if I got to the five minutes already, but please. Uh, yes, you know. got it. But maybe you can say there is already kind of uh, um, deployment ongoing, right? So we got thanks to the 361 network already for the pilot. That's why we've been in, in Ukraine together, right? And this everything is established with people who can deploy it and so on. And we figured all out how, how to get it there and so on. Right. Yeah. So the, the journey from Lithuania that I did with Myers was really important because there's so many complications possible when you're doing something this complex. Uh, the VAT taxation, how do you avoid paying 23% Irish tax uh, on something you're getting from Lithuania to Ukraine? How do you avoid paying the import tax into Ukraine? And that journey was fundamental for us to understand how to flush the pipes and to make sure that this can be repeated in a consistent and predictable manner. And we have that, right? So this is what uh, we managed to achieve. We also managed to get equipment uh, in Ukraine. We have a country manager who is capable uh, of the, doing the deployment and uh, doing the operations. I've known him for 15 years. We used to work together. He's Ukrainian who was with the territorial defense. And um, we're doing the first installation tomorrow at the house of a former minister called Igor Shevchenko. I've known for a number of years. Uh, he has yeah. a starling. Uh, we want to have a demonstration for Citizen Kiev, and uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, most likely, we're going to set up the first village that I just described where the schools are destroyed. The third deployment will be on the front line, and then you have to be careful because you don't want to put that in a battle zone. You want to be as close as possible where the infrastructure is being damaged, but without risking uh, the safety of the people and, of course, uh, the destruction or loss of equipment. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, so, um, and let's, we have three and a half minutes left. We have right now four questions on the screen and John was uh, raising the hands. Uh, John? Yeah, uh, I, I just, just, I just want to say that I'm in Davos right now. I've been meeting with Marcelo, but he has the dubious distinction of being the last person I met at Davos in 2020. And he, um, he's a really good person and he executes and we are backing him. And um, 
I'm just really grateful that he's here out doing this work. And anybody else who wants to back him, um, I encourage you to do it. it you're going to get your money's worth. So um, I get behind it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. And thank, and thank you, John, for this for the support. Thank you, William. Uh, so I'm going to start with the first question. After installation, who is in the custodian of the system? So basically, this is managed by the local authorities. We are giving them the equipment until they don't need the equipment anymore, and hopefully this soon, so that equipment can be moved uh, elsewhere. Uh, the um, custodianship uh, is really interesting because the, one of the biggest advantages of what we're doing is that it's traceable. We have governance. We can literally show uh, donors on a dashboard where the equipment they donated has been installed and how it's been used. So part of the management is remote. So our country manager is making sure that the day-to-day -day, uh, is in place working with the vendor. We have one of the technical geniuses from the vendor supporting us on a daily basis and they're working with the um, uh, local users, right? In the case of a demonstration facility in Kiev, the country manager is dealing with that 100%. In the case of a village that got infrastructure damaged, is going to be the uh, technician from the Ministry of Digital Transformation. We have weekly calls with them, so they are helping us steer the deployments to the places where they see as priorities. In the case of the war zone, really the battlefield, we have uh, people who are in the military who can go there and help us install the equipment so that we do as much as possible remotely, but we do have people who are able to uh, uh, yeah. get into the, the field and do whatever is required. Okay, so, so Marcelo, because the, the questions are going over in the same direction. It's one of the questions is if are the Starlinks free by Musk provided? And then the other question was, and we discussed it, I remember, can we, the Starlink be bought outside Ukraine and work in Ukraine? Uh, this so, is really interesting because the answer is no and now it's yes. It's just been updated. So uh, Starlink used to be uh, uh, locked to your home base. So if you bought one in New York and tried to use it in L.A., you wouldn't be able to until a week and a half ago when they uh, initiated a, a portability option that is great for nope, digital nomads and is also great for Ukraine because, uh, in principle, we should be able to fight people who are buying a Starlink subscription in Austria or in Denmark, shipping it to Ukraine, saying, oh, my holiday home is uh, in a war zone uh, in the Donbass, and uh, that should work there if you're paying for the 25 bucks a month portability option. However, that has a limitation. After two months, you're supposed to change the permanent address. So I am considering having this kind of uh, Starlink subscription donations uh, but we have to make sure that it works and Starlink and the SpaceX guys are okay with that. So the time is off. We have also other maybe questions to you and whoever's interested in supporting uh, Broadlights, the NGO of uh, Marcelo, can join the breakouts after our presentations. Thank you very much. Thank you. So uh, now for the CityLink project, um, you have only votes. I would love to just measure quickly if you love what he's doing, and you can also answer if you will donate. Both answers are going, or one of those, or none. Do I get some hearts? Yes. Beautiful. Aha, uh -huh. we have somebody who is uh, considering to donate. Beautiful. Beautiful, we have a lot of 
loving people of your project, good feedback. And we got so far two potential donors, maybe more. Please join his breakout room later on. Thank you very much. Now we come to the next Borders Without Borders. Filip Valentak, please get ready. Unmute yourself. Five minutes. Because right now uh, my uh, computer starts to die. So I need a second to plug it in. I'm, I'm really sorry for that. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. So while you're going have you heard there, of have you heard of O'Malley's Law, Marius? Marius Law? No. Uh, no, no, not Marius. O'Malley's Law is that is that uh, Murphy was a an optimist, but I won't use the French word. Uh, uh, Even worse than Murphy. So, maybe a short introduction to yourself, Philip. I'm sharing right now pictures from your operations, as you see. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, hello, everyone. It's a great honor to speak in front of you today. Uh, our organization, Borders Without Borders, uh, has beginnings uh, three months ago. Uh, we arrived at the Medica uh, crossing, the biggest pedestrian crossing uh, in whole Europe. Uh, originally, we started with managing the camp for the refugees because of the uh, inconvenient factors when they were crossing. There was a negative, there were negative degrees, there was no infrastructure, no food, no medical aid for them. That's what we were doing for the first month and a half. Uh, later on, we figured out that the number of people is decreasing and we started getting the information that the current logistic clusters are not efficient. They're not getting directly to the people who are in need on their side. A lot of the stuff that is donated is ending up in the warehouses where it's rooting or it's being sold out. Uh, at the beginning, I wasn't able to, to believe that because I saw plenty of food, plenty of uh, supplies coming all the way uh, from whole Europe and also, uh, also the States. And that's why we figured that it's time for us to step up and create our own logistic clusters. Uh, the, and to make the donors sure that 100, maybe not 100%, but at least 90 cents out of every dollar they are donating is going to reach the actual people uh, because now we can only estimate that half of the staff is, is never getting to them. Uh, we have to overcome plenty of uh, different problems uh, such as uh, diesel shortage, uh, or availability of the drivers. So uh, we decided to set up three warehouses at the beginning. That's the current that, that's the current structure. Uh, and we are moving stuff using the semis uh, instead of using smaller buses. They're not efficient. They're burning a lot of diesel. Uh, and we need to use a lot of more manpower in order to do that. And we can get full control over the stuff that we are moving to the center of the Ukraine. Uh, from those hubs, the stuff is moved directly to IDPs uh, according to displaced uh, uh, tracking matrix of uh, IOM. Uh, currently, there are around 9, 9 million internally displaced people in Ukraine and they have no resources, no stuff that they can eat. They also have, uh, uh, they also don't have an access to uh, to clean water. 
but that's the, that part is covered by one of the engines that we're working with. We're providing also uh, water uh, purifiers. And right now uh, we are sending big amount of food to all those people. We're trying to cover the whole country. If Marsh can skip to the second map, that's the the final plan that, that we have. I don't know if you can Yeah, see. I was clicking something, something wrong again. Uh, let's move to that's the current structure on the bottom, I believe. Yes, this one. This yes, so that's uh, yes, this one. And it covers a really, really big area. Uh, I think the stuff that we're doing is, uh, is that's really efficient. Uh, we are also working on the cost efficiency when it comes to getting a supplies. For now, we came to the situation when for 35,000 US, we are able to buy two full semis of food. Those two semis are 60,000 meals. So we cut down the price of a single meal down to 56 cents. So you can get you can get anything basically cheaper. And still this stuff is very nutritious. Uh, we are counting that every uh, meal kit that we are providing should last for 10 days. And per one day we're counting 2,100 calories for an adult person, or even a kid. I say like uh, 20 seconds left. So, so the thing is, what is your capacity daily? You can deliver with your trucks 70,000 meals, right? Yes, yes. For, so for now we moved uh, fi over 500 tons over the past six weeks and we're doing only from the stuff that are donated to us uh, with, from private people. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. You got even some hearts from the people and I would love to open up the space for asking questions. So either you type in your questions to, to park it or somebody here from the group uh, wants to raise a hand and just ask a question directly. Marius, I would I think it's an important part of the uh, relationship chains. Maybe you could just explain maybe that the the origin of how you met or is yes. that work? So so I've been I've been um, on this beautiful workshop also Marcello uh, on Samos uh, hosted by Paula and I met Justina which taught me all the story about Borders Without Borders and their engagement on the uh, on daily on border on the biggest border crossing for the Ukrainian refugees. And I, uh, we made an, uh, a gathering and, and meeting and tried to understand and do due diligence about the operations. And I thought, okay, this might be a good topic to, to, um, to um, promote it here. So what is the ask, by the way? Um, let's say if, if you say 70,000 meals, like, like, I mean, um, how could it look like? I mean, what is the capacity you can live in and how much you, you would be asking for as of today, Philip? I understand. I yeah. Yeah, I, I just get the idea how much we have to spend in order to get to semis. So uh, basically, we're covering all the fixed costs for now. So basically, mm. we're looking for any form of sort of donation. Uh, the, the bigger amount we get, the bigger amount of people we are able to reach out to uh, for, okay. for a longer period of time. But I can see that there are some, some questions that... that There's a question. So where's the food coming from and are you partnering with other NGOs to help get food and distribute in the communities? Okay, so it's basically impossible to get this price in a different way. They're purchasing directly for the food producers. They are kind enough to share their 
contracts with us. And that's when we are supplying, we're buying food per pallets, not from cash and carry directly from the producer in order to get the best price possible. And yes, of course, we are working f- uh, with the NGOs that are on the ground, on the Ukrainian side, I mean, deep Ukraine, uh, mostly Western NGOs uh, that, are, that are working since the very first days of the war. Uh, of course, we are doing the uh, full vetting and a great part of those NGOs, we we, we met them during our work in in Medica. So I know it uh, might sound naive, but we know that they uh, heard this in, in the right place. Plus, we did mm-hmm. the vetting. Uh, yeah, like the Dimitrax came also from from a from a NGO uh, from a, don- a donor from from Switzerland and so on, right? So you got like support already. You, you uh, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm saying we're able to cover the the fixed costs for now, such as uh, warehouse, uh, fuel, some uh, like a small salary for for people that that decided to to stay with us. Maybe I can call this a salary, but we can provide them. Um, accommodate at least accommodation and and food, so they don't have okay. to get in debt, right? Also, a little bit on the next question: uh, How the admin staff is is being compensated? Not all volunteers, I, I assume. Not all volunteers. There is a huge rotation. The our handicap is the fact that we our main warehouse is right next to uh, Medica refugee camp which we were like managing, as I said. So we have access to all those volunteers that are on the side. They are more than happy to help us. Uh, but uh, when it comes to like us and the people who are working uh, there constantly, we have different sources of income. I, feel I, am, uh, I am, for example, employed in uh, United Nations. Uh, the other guys teamed up with other NGOs and we are basically... Uh, providing logistics for them, and that's why they some of them are getting paid. And as I mentioned, we get a really uh, good deal for, for the accommodation. So we are able, so that's the, that way we can at least uh, compensate the fact that they're, that they're helping us. And by okay. making- And you did also reach out to uh, other donors in, in EU or US or governments, uh, or EU or government donors. Governmental donors, because yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we didn't we didn't get any support from EU and uh, and US government donors. Uh, some small parts we get it from IOM, for example. Um, we get raincoats or first aid kits because that's also what we are moving because this is also very very important, especially in the areas that are close to the to the war zone. Uh, but it's not a constant uh, constant support unfortunately we're more than happy to receive that but okay 30 seconds left uh, do we have scaling plans across ukraine i think this was the second picture right can mm-hmm. uh, this model be replicated to other conflicts and uh, crisis zones whatever you're learning yes, now i mean the, the whole inventory system can be implicated basically in every logistic cluster it gives us a possibility to track uh, most of the assets uh, we want to improve that by uh, by using the technology. Uh, we are now trying to get a uh, software solutions from the the company. I don't know if I, I'm able to say to yeah. see the name, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, provide us with the stickers that allows GPS location uh, for every single unit, and because of the fact that it comes as a sticker, the cost of uh, of single units is really really low, and that's right. what we are. 
So we, give them that's what we are providing. Uh, cost efficiency and safe deliveries directly to the people who are in need. Because they're, that's, we're just trying to fulfill the very basic things that they need, which is food mm-hmm. and water. And they are unable to get it by themselves, unfortunately. Philip, thank you very much for the presentation. Everyone can, can join the breakout room who would love to hear more from him. And thank you very much that you're postponing your start as a career as a lawyer to just help right now. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe I will be able to graduate this year, but it's not likely to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But first things first. Thank you. So, thank you very much. Now voting. Do you love and support what he's doing? And do we have somebody who would love to jump in, in the, and uh, support also in cash? Now I should have 10 already. Can I ask, what are these GPS tracking, like the meals or the recipients? I didn't get that point. Excuse me, can you repeat that? Because uh, the GPS tracking, he doesn't get this point with the sticker on GPS tracking. Because you're scanning in and then it sounds a signal to the server where, where it's got scanned, right? This is how your GPS track, I guess. Yeah, so it's like, like a, like a fleece tracking kit. It's working more or less like, a, like, a location for Bolt with the difference that we're not providing the live tracking because it is dangerous for the drivers. Uh, so we're using, G, we're gonna use geofencing. So we just know when, the, if the track is go off the, off the track. That's why we might assume that it's in jeopardy or it's being, you know, uh, taken over or something like that. Okay. Thank you very much. And Maurice, wants- just just on the interconnection, could he? Because he says he's doing aid kits. We're going to talk about citizen aid. They could be like a distribution arm, but maybe he's got better tracking than Phoenix has. So maybe there's something best practice that he could share, um, possibly. Yeah, it's but, a beautiful point. I have also something to share where we also found uh, synergies between the teams. I'm going to prom- uh, promote it later on, tell you a story okay. about it. So it's okay. really great that uh, we're having these gatherings and talking, exchanging. Thank you much, Philip. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Parentpreneur, James. Yours with a- James, yes, you're, you're getting sandwiched between two Ukrainian blocks. That's all right. I'm, uh, I'm delighted to be here. And Mark, I'm super excited to see that I'm not the only one who has a million bookmarks and tabs open on his browser. So thank you for making me feel better about myself there. <laughs> and I see Gary's here, James. Uh, yes. And I'd love for him to like, because that's all about a relationship change. Maybe Gary could just uh, say a few words real quick. That'd be great. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we're doing some uh, apartment renovations, so um, I didn't turn the video on, so you don't have to see all the uh, work I've got going on behind me. Uh, but I'm Gary Bowles, I'm, uh, chair for the future work at Singularity University, and I've done a number of talks on future of work and that sort of thing with the community. Uh, I actually met James through um, a project of the NASDAQ Entrepreneur Center that my son is involved in, and uh, I've, I've quite some time been fascinated and uh, and uh, deeply focused on community-based um, activation of entrepreneurship. And uh, when I heard what, what James was doing, I just, I had to become <laughs> one of his uh, main cheerleaders. Um, and 
what 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 I think Parentpreneur brings to the table that that is unique is James has authentic connections to entrepreneurs around the country uh, and increasingly around the world, but um, that are both parents and are uh, trying to build uh, businesses uh, of of impact and purpose. And uh, and when what ends up happening is, you know, they need to help at very specific times in the early uh, growth stage of their organizations. And James gets to know them, uh, helps them with very targeted uh, grants to be able to help them to to move through to the next step in the growth of their organization, and then has a, an amazing community to be able to support them. So I don't want to steal all this thunder. I just want to say, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of foundations, nonprofits, organizations trying to catalyze uh, entrepreneurship, and I've I've never found one that that uh, I felt was doing such a great job in in building such an authentic community and providing such targeted support. So I'll stop there and let James take over. Wow, okay. I, I think I think I'm done. Like my he just made the presentation for me. <laughs> thank you so much, Gary. I really appreciate that, and thank you, Mark, for having me and and Marius for organizing this, and thank you everyone for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedules. To, to, to learn about the Parentpreneur Foundation. So as Gary mentioned, my name is James Oliver Jr. I'm the founder and CEO of the Parentpreneur Foundation, which empowers black parentpreneurs so they can leave a legacy for their beautiful black children. And the reason I started the foundation is because I was looking at the wealth inequality data from the Fed Reserve back in 2016. It was 10x um, white um, families versus black families. And everybody generally accepts that entrepreneurship is a, is a great way a great path to wealth building. Uh, but the thing that people don't understand, if you want to support black entrepreneurs, that's great. But, you know, think about what are the consequences of failure or success for black parents who are entrepreneurs. So you compare the black parentpreneur versus the stereotypical hoodie wearing entrepreneur that living, living, living in their mom's basement, right? So what happens if, you know, the parentpreneur succeeds or fails? What are the consequences of that? And I submit that, you know, it's greater if you're a black parent, ignore the consequences of success or failure. And if you want to make a dent in terms of the wealth inequality, the impact is multiplicative if you support the black parent, because not only do you improve the life and lifestyle of the black parent, you also have an impact on the parental unit. You have an impact on the child who then shows up in the world, which impacts the black community and the world writ large. So I just want to Shout that from the rooftops I can. Like, if you want to help black parents or entrepreneurs or black entrepreneurs, you have to focus on black parentpreneurs. So that, that's what we do. You can go to the next slide there, Mariutz, please. So the parentpreneur is publicly supported by great people and organizations. Uh, Brad Feld and David Cohn have become really good friends of mine. Uh, Brad support, supported us with over $125,000 in funding right now nominated us for the Techstars Foundation Accelerate Equity Program, which has been great to help us build our social capital, which we are always keen to share with our members in our community. Uh, the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center, which Gary mentioned, they've been supporting us. They co-sponsored one of our grants last year, and we actually just announced a big project with them last week, which I'll get into here shortly. Next slide, please. So what's different about us at the Parentpreneur Foundation, a lot of organizations, they're just like, oh, here's some money. Right. We're, not, we're like, no, no, no. We understand there's no difference between how you show up as a parent and your success as an entrepreneur. And those things are all intertwined. So we look holistically at the lives of our parentpreneurs and our first two years, which is what it's been since we launched. We've given away one hundred thousand dollars in cash grants to 100 members so far. 
We paid for mental therapy for 320 therapy sessions, which is huge because mental health is generally stigmatized in the black community. And there's a lot of trauma that's getting passed from generation to generation. And we are helping to break, uh, to make significant change here. So that's one of the most things that most, the things that we've done that I'm most proud of. Uh, we've also paid for virtual assistance. We paid for virtual tutors for family members, children when it was the pandemic and some kids were having a hard time learning virtually. Can you go back to the last slide, please? I'm sorry. Back, please. Back. back. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and also, you know, we think that the lack of social capital for black entrepreneurs is as problematic as the dearth of financial capital. So we're always looking for ways to help black entrepreneurs increase their social capital. We do things like uh, paying for LinkedIn profile consultations, getting them access to people that they normally would not be able to get access to and just helping them grow in a variety of ways and more. Next slide, please. So as Gary mentioned, at the heart of what we do, we have a thriving community of 1,900 black parentpreneurs. That number is growing year over year consistently, and these are just some of the, the previous grantees who are doing a variety of, of interesting things. Next slide, please. Uh, I'm sorry, you know what? The next slide is coming. Okay, it's coming. I was just pressing. Okay, no, no worries. Take your time. So, yes, right. right. So we mentioned the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center, as Gary mentioned. Last week they announced uh, a big project. It's called the Venture Equity Project to tackle the lack of capital for black and minority entrepreneurs. It's sponsored by the J.P. Morgan Foundation. We are one of the organizations. It's nine organizations nonprofits, asset allocators, um, and some schools, some uh, like Stanford University, Carnegie Mellon, involved in this project in the U.S. and the U.K., and we're delighted to be part of this project, and, and our organization received a $130,000 grant um, as part of this project over a two-year period. Next slide, please. Yeah. James, on yes. J.P. Morgan, their second largest office is Columbus, Ohio, and oh. we have a lot of J.P. Morgan people coming to the uh, event. Oh, fantastic. So, we should sink on uh, on that. We do. Yeah. I have a I have a great entrepreneur to show up for that event too. I think I mentioned her to you, Mark. She'd be great. And she actually just got. She's in the Goldman Sachs One Million Black Women Initiative. She's fantastic. And, and a lot of people in the mental health are on this call. We should talk about how we can help both monetarily and, and otherwise. Um, that would be great. That's the one thing that we do that we're always going to continue to do. So that would be amazing. By the way, it's not just. It's not just the black community. It's, it's for certain parts of the white community and Ukrainian community. We all need help with, the, with this stuff. So you know, I think we're in the middle of a mess, mental health crisis, and nobody's talking about it. Um, you know, fortunately, I've been seeing a therapist, and I can see the transformation in the members of my community who've been seeing a therapist. Um, and I, you know, anytime I have an issue, you know, I, I spin up a therapy session. We use BetterHelp.com for the Parapreneur Foundation community. Uh, can you go back one slide, please, Maria? Carry on. I was just chiming in. Keep going. Yeah, no worries. So we have we have something we I talked to Mark about that we would like to do as you guys move to Ohio. We would like to spin up a new grant program specifically for the the Black Parapreneur members of our community who are in Ohio. And the, the thought is we could give a thousand dollar grant to twenty five. Ohio parentpreneurs from our community. So the ask is a $2,000 donation, $1,000 of which would go to be 
a paid grant or a grant to a black parentpreneur from Ohio, $1,000 would go to support the Parentpreneur Foundation operation so we can keep doing this important work. And as I just mentioned, Mark, we could have at least one person from Columbus that I feel very comfortable with that would represent properly to show up in, in Columbus. Well, so that's I, it. I have some ideas that it can be more than one. Let's just. Oh, perfect. Yes. What, what we need is, um, and this is a general point, in the deal side, we need underwriters, right? In the philanthropy side, we need your vetting system, right? We want the, so we want to, I, I hope you touch on that because that's what we're trying to actually figure out who, how we support is, is how you become effective in doing what you do and we can sort of synergize. Yeah, no, absolutely. We could easily team up to do that super easily. So, yeah, as we here to answer any questions, I, I think on that last slide, we, there was information about how to contact me, how to make a donation. Uh, excited about partnering with you all. Mark, I just, again, I can't thank you enough for, you know, holding, allowing me to hold space here uh, with all these wonderful people and Gary for supporting me as well. Thank you very much. We're going to make a breakout room, you know, and uh, I'm going to, because of them and, and just respect of time, if nobody has right now any spontaneous question, Somebody DM me wanted to know the name of the mental health app. It was uh, BetterHelp.com. That was blue. I think Blacksley asked the question. BetterHelp.com. Okay, I think this question was to, to the last uh, NGO, I guess, right? Yeah. This uh, vetting process question. Maybe I want to explain it shortly. The vetting process. Would, would you like me to answer that question now? Quickly. Um, quickly, yeah. Yeah, so, so for the grants, you know, we have certain criteria. Um, it, our grants are all very different. Like, so for example, the last round of grants for Mother's Day, we did something really unique and we let the community vote, uh, based on, we took our 25, we looked at our 100 most engaged members in the community, we took the top 25 most engaged mompreneurs on the platform, and we let the community vote for the five moms that they thought should win a grant based on the impact those moms have had on them as members of the community or the affinity for what they're doing. Right, so we did a grant with the um, NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. We were focusing on people who were having challenges raising angel or venture capital, what they were building, and you know, select, select the people based on those criteria and answers to questions, very specific questions that we asked them around that. Does that help? That's great. Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. We got already somebody jumping in and saying he would love to donate. Wonderful. So Thank you so much. Feel free to join the breakout room, and uh, I'm gonna now move on in a second. Let's give it because we are, we have to respect the time. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Okay, now Ekaterina. Oh, uh, I don't know why. Ah, this accidentally yeah, there's yeah. already the Valencia instead in Ekaterina, but somehow it was kind of predicting because we already talked about the, the synergies between uh, you, I think. And generally, for me, you are the, uh, you, you could become an octopus of connections of all the organizations. And why? He's going to explain yourself. Stage is yours. Thank you. Last time you were on, but you, you were on Katrina, but you couldn't speak. You didn't have a voice in Chicago, but now you do. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, and Yelena, help me. First of all, greetings to each and everyone. We are 
Endlessly thankful for all support for Ukrainian and for our people. We believe together we will win. And uh, just a second, I have some. Um, uh, regarding our group, our Phoenix group, uh, since 2020, we are providing help for and support for uh, kids' houses, hospitals, medical center, and houses for old people. Yeah, uh, we organize a lot of charity events uh, with uh, Red Cross, with uh, a lot of partners. And from uh, first day of the war, we unite our forces to provide more serious support and help for our people. We have three offices in Poland, Moldova, Romania, and now in Ukrainian also. We have 50 employees. We have uh, more than 1,000 volunteers in Ukrainian. They do in, in most dangerous city and providing help. Uh, from uh, hand in hand and uh, we have also our own channel phoenix channel media channel we have support uh, uh, from our local media uh, channel uh, one plus one and also with cnn bbc nbc uh, we ha i'm from hospitality business i have a lot of contacts and a lot of companies supporting us but we are using always using our own money and uh, since three uh, three months they already over and we, uh, we still have a lot of requests from uh, uh, medical center uh, from city administration hospitals children houses and we would like to continue provide uh, all this support. Um, we have, um, uh, we are trying, we are trying to cover in three most important uh, areas. It's Ukrainian army, it's everything in military, um, civilian people and kids and medical. Today we are sending three ambulance car uh, in Nikolaev and one pickup truck. Also, and people, uh, city administration in Mikolaev asking us also uh, to provide maybe not so new medical equipment. They will be happy to to have more, but not new. It will be help to cover more, uh, to help more people. Uh, that's why uh, at the moment we are looking for some partners, donors who can provide for us any equipment, any support, money. We don't want money. It's not important for us, but uh, we have um, all contact in Ukrainian. We have people who are already uh, going to dangerous area, and uh, it's important to continue provide helps and uh, people uh, Ukrainian people knows Phoenix they never say no and <laughs> in any time any day we are we are continue doing our best and continue spend some our own money but unfortunately they over like I already mentioned we are spend our company spend more than three million euro uh, for these three months, because everything is very expensive, especially ambulance, it costs around uh, $85,000. Uh, pickup track, uh, it also costs around one, one, uh, $100,000, $150,000, it depends on the model, etc. All equipment also. Uh, it's everything expensive, yes, even we have partners in Ukrainian, uh, like manufacturing with water, with some food, they already provide for us something and we um, uh, directly uh, provide for people, 
we have a list of the needed every week we receive. You can see like an example. We have all reports. We have video, photo reports, uh, like I mentioned with the TV channel also. And uh, we have, uh, uh, before we had three, three times per week, uh, car, uh, tracks with food. Uh, but now, unfortunately, uh, we are cut it. And they have only one track per week. It's uh, cost $40,000. It's, uh, it's easy food, uh, like uh, oil, rice, uh, pasta, etc. Pampers, especially for kids, kids' food. Yes. At the moment, uh, they have request for ambulance, also pickup truck, and uh, humanitarian um, all uh, humanitarian uh, foods, etc., medicals. Yes, and we have today also, we mentioned with the city administration in Nikolaev, uh, they open a lot of medical centers and need some, all medical supports, uh, equipment, ambulance, uh, and um, they are happy also to have some not new, like I mentioned. It's a list of the needed with quantity, with amount, what we have. We have a lot of reports, video reports. I didn't put here. Maybe I can. It's, it's video with the ambulance uh, photo. Last photo is from today. Yeah. yeah. And then this is also yeah. the second. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you, Ekaterina. So you're doing. Uh, Thank you, uh, everyone. <laughs> Yes, you have a big network established. You you got um, all things covered, right? And what is missing right now with like, the progressing war that, like say, support supply is just getting less, right? And this is yeah. uh, somebody here in the group was telling me once, Marius, because I was once exhausted. It was you, Marcello. Like it is not a sprint. Prepare for a marathon, and you've been right. You told me to me in February, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we are in a marathon right now, and we need constant support. And I hope that we bring some more support today. And uh, so you just delivered some. Um, and I wanted love to share a story before we go in the question answer. Uh, you delivered ambulances, and you need more ambulances. You know, and in the group we had um, an initiative. Um, Mlof, and with all these discussions we had, we came up with one thing, you know, like um, why to have too many administrative instances, uh, why not to take the, the direct suppliers who are building the ambulances and plug it into the organization, you know, because we are here on the mm-hmm. call as uh, as way, um, I guess, see Nico is here on the call for the Rotarians because they're already collecting money for the ambulances, and we had always a discussion about you know, how this operation covered and so on, because the MLOF concept was before just, let's say, more on the border and so on uh, to deliver, um, and Paulus also, they're cool, nice. And uh, the idea is now to to use those funds um, and to support you guys and plug this together, the operations. Yeah, yeah so I had a call um, from the team that was initially uh, building the MLOF project as well, and I'm really grateful for... Um, Nico's feedback, for example, um, because you guys were saying, you know, what is the reason for um, this being so expensive and like built in Germany when um, you can plug in your resources into existing teams on the ground. Um, and so 
Marius, I completely agree that the project, the MLOV um, mobile hospital, should be restructured and um, and actually integrated. And the whole team is on board with that. Like they're happy to provide the specs. They hope that the um, cost of the project can go down immensely. And um, and yeah, the war is not for marketing, right? So this um, this project was very marketing. Um, strong strong for marketing basically but i think that um we can still make it happen in a um, way that is much more down to earth and focused on impact great and i love the way this just evolved thank you paul it's just and even and even the medical kits right where phoenix can play a role now Beautiful wow. segue. So I'm gonna maybe uh, leave out the the feedback for Phoenix because I'm 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 uh, expecting this is just positive, right? Uh, so that's why I would love to jump and use the segue because mm. this is MLOF collaboration, but also citizen aid, and that's why I would love to give the seg uh, the, the the microphone of the segue, the microphone to Bob, who is hopefully on the call. I am, Mirs. Great. Awesome. And I'm getting hearts here from the application. So please. Stage Great. Maybe, maybe we'll take it off the tourniquet and go to another slide. It's a little easier to digest for slide one. Yeah, uh, I want to be emotional in the beginning, right? <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Bob Otter, the founder and CEO of Citizen Aid. Uh, real quick, my background is in public safety. I spent over 26 years as a firefighter and paramedic. Uh, the last 20 of which in uh, large-scale incident command. Uh, on a parallel track, though, was in the uh, for probably the last 15 to 20 years in the pre-hospital medical equipment industry. So uh, all the equipment that you would find in ambulances and, and with the military overseas, uh, both on the manufacturing and the distribution side. So those um, those two worlds collided back in uh, 2018. We started to see more and more incidents pretty much over the last decade in EMS in this country uh, uh, that are incidents that are uh, violence-related and active violence-related, so active shooter, et cetera. And no matter how we how good we got as first responders, um, we were uh, seeing that the, the level of preventable death was not going down. So uh, no matter how quickly we improved or how much we improved in getting to those patients in those large-scale incidents, we were still seeing uh, mortality rates go up. And so it became very obvious that the only way that we could lower preventable death was going to be to teach the public uh, some simple steps on what to do to keep more people alive until we could get to them. Um, and so with all good pre-hospital medicine, EMS in this country, we looked to the military um, for proven solutions. And we found a program in particular that had been utilized by ourselves and our uh, colleagues in the UK called Combat Lifesaver, where they taught 18- and 19-year-old infantrymen six to eight simple steps to keep their buddies alive until medics could get there. And that, that program worked, and it lowered preventable death on the battlefield by 25%. So, um, so what we did was we contextualized that into a civilian um, program called Citizen Aid. Um, our kits uh, and our training are in schools and professional sports stadiums and businesses all throughout the country. Uh, and it became very, very clear very, very quickly when the invasion of Ukraine happened that um, the first wave we saw were, were civilians picking up arms and fighting um, for their country. Uh, and obviously those folks, whether they were shopkeepers or lawyers or, 
or whatever they may have been in their previous lives had no medical training. So there was an immediate need for what we were doing. And now as the war has evolved, we're seeing civilians actually being targeted by Russian forces. And so um, in those areas, the medical infrastructure is really no longer existent. So if we could figure out a way to get our uh, program into people's hands over there, uh, so they could actually work on saving each other's lives. That was going to be crucial. So what we did was we um, we basically took all of our components, our free app that's over here, and made it available in Eastern Europe. We took our online training. We actually created small video vignettes, and that would be the good slide with the tourniquet. Um, we created vignettes on uh, how to stop bleeding and how to treat someone who's unresponsive. So anything that would be either bullet or blast injury related. And we had all of those translated into Ukrainian and made available across the country. And then the third part of it was our public treatment kits. So we translated those into Ukrainian as well. And we started working with partnerships on getting those into country as quickly as possible. And in just the last several weeks, we've put over 3000 of those in country through partnerships, which we'll, we'll talk about here in just a minute. But, um, but as, as we're seeing more and more in, in this country where you would see um, automatic external defibrillators or, or AEDs in, in your office buildings, in your churches, in your houses of worship, um, citizen aid boxes are going up right next to them uh, with trauma kits for the public to, to treat and with instructions and step-by-step work there. So, so that's what we're doing. And with, through some wonderful partnerships through various GoFundMe accounts, that have that started, you know, eight weeks ago from um, from businesses who have just come to us and said, "Hey, we want to get as many over there as we can." Uh, to now, most recently, the Rotary, um, both at the local club level and a larger group that's actually represented on this call, um, the Rotary Club of Global Impact out of the Charlotte area, just donated twenty five thousand dollars, and we're putting five hundred kits on an aircraft this week to go to uh, Rotarians in Poland who already have a distribution network up in in going into Ukraine. So um, it's been a um, it's been a, a great project that we have been very fortunate to partner with. Wonderful people with the 361 group, and um, and I'll stop talking there and, and answer any questions. I want to, want to be respectful of the five minute mark. Thank you very much. Hmm. And, and Bob, we're going to see you in Ohio soon, hopefully. Yeah, you. I hope so. I'm trying to work yeah. my schedule around. I've, I've got uh, a crazy West Coast tour going on that week, but I'm going to do my best to be there. Okay. And, and maybe what what do you, you're working with, Marty? Uh, maybe maybe Marty wants to say a word. Uh, uh, you know, thank you, thank yeah. you so much, Mark. Uh, okay. You have been wonderful in sharing this opportunity with us. Uh, 361 firm. I can't say enough. Everyone I talk to is about Mark Sainer and these humanitarian opportunities. When we were introduced to to Citizen Aid with Bob Fireman Bob. Um, you know, it was a groundbreaking opportunity to get the cash together and really get involved with Rotary. And our district governor, Nico Ionelli, uh, is to thank for helping us every step of the way on this $25,000 in cash and get these kits purchased. Also, Phoenix uh, came into the mix thanks to Marius and Mark again. We were introduced to Ekaterina. Um, from Phoenix, and we're giving them 100 kits this week uh, at our warehouse in Warsaw, Poland. The other 400 kits we will distribute. Um, I myself, as a presidential aide, and having served six presidents of the United States now and first families, just cannot thank Mark Sainer enough, the 361 firm, 
and uh, citizen aid and also all the work and all the nights and weeks that Marius has put into this, including driving around Ukraine in the, the battle zone with Marcelo for three weeks. Um, just unbelievable. So I hope to see you over there next week. And thank you guys again so much for allowing Rotary to get started with you. We, we've got a lot more money. We've raised uh, almost $15 million now just for this project. But as many of you know, we hand out uh, 47 million hours that we volunteer with our army of 1.4 million Rotarians in 46,000 clubs every year. And we give away about 160 million in grants per year. So thank you so much, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, thank you very much. The time is running, you know, and, and I would love to uh, take also some words you, you said. Like, I mean, we have already synergies going on here. And uh, before uh, we had plans uh, to breakouts, and I would love to, still to do them. But before some uh, information to share, um, so there is an p- opportunity to to donate to the organizations yourself. But since we have um, they're international, we have the tax deductibility need. Uh, Rotarian Club was uh, was offering the support uh, to. Um, Use them as an infrastructure for 5431 seals. Yeah. And it's, it should work following way, um, that you can use a link which you can share and just to, um, uh, and now I need a, a tip from Mike or, or Nico or something like that for this filling out. Maybe we share this information later on. Um, we, this is a kind of two click donation link over PayPal. And then um, Rotarian take care about the admin stuff about directability and so later on. We need to fill out here in the top um, just to make it clear because the data is landing at the Rotarian Club. Um, this um, Rotary Foundation, what should be written there, Nico or Mike? Can you tell me shortly? Yeah, I can put it in the chat real quick. It's Rotary ah, 680 uh, DAF number 574 is the donor advisor fund. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and just to add on to that, Nico, can, can they put after that string? Could they indicate the project that they would like to earmark it for? It, typically, so if they send in or they wire in the funds directly, you know, they would put in a memo field of what it's for. Yeah. Uh, I believe for the credit cards, you have to put the donor advisor fund number. Uh, I'm one of the four advisors on, on that fund. Uh, they can always send me an email directly letting us know so we can match it up, but we honored the, the donor's request, right? So if the money is earmarked for the Ukraine, we'll make sure that the money comes in. It, it goes towards those efforts. We did the same thing with the hurricane relief for the Bahamas. We had over $1.3 million that came in. All that money was earmarked just for, for the hurricane relief. So this gives those that are looking to contribute to a 501c3 status in, in the U.S., uh, the money comes in, and then we're able from there, the advisors to give it to a U.S.-based 501c3, the money can go out. It's a short-term solution. It still goes to the Rotary Foundation, so it still has the full oversight for it. Um, but, you know, we, we can put the money towards those projects that, that the donors wish to uh, uh, direct it towards. And, and could you speak, speak to the administrative fees uh, or lack thereof, just so that people can – understand the percentage that will go towards the program? 
Yeah, so everything that, that comes in that goes towards these donor advisor funds, we can keep back 1% as administration costs, but we don't. So whatever money comes in, we send it right out. Uh, if it goes towards a global grant, which are, you know, typically the global grants I'm involved with, Rotary International, 300000 to a million with it, uh, if it's outside cash, they might hold back 5% for the foundation just to cover overhead expenses. Uh, but typically it's, it's less than 1%, but anything that comes through this donor advisor fund, um, it will all go towards the project. No, I can't talk. So great. Thank okay. you very much. Uh, from the club foundation end, I would say the same thing that the governor is uh, uh, putting out. Uh, it operates in the same for form, uh, macro, micro. Uh, either way, uh, it's, it's managed through the foundation or a foundation that's set up. And, uh, I, I'm not going to say earmark, but the donor does have the say. Uh, I, whatever level it is, the donor does have the say. That's it. Yeah. And Marius, this is Marty Mangello. I just wanted to add, uh, you know, I had dinner with our first female president in history with Nico uh, last month, and it really was was a wonderful event to see Jennifer Jones, the first uh, lady president in 117 years time of Rotary. So we've got our national uh, convention, international convention uh, coming up in Houston, and Rotary is on a roll, 117-year uh, roll. So we are uh, 100 out of 100 ranked on Charity Navigator. If uh, you want to look us up and read our 990 reports, um, you'll notice uh, we have 100 out of 100 and four star. So thank you very much, very, very, very much. And uh, the last point in the program, we have like 11 minutes left. I would love to invite oh. you for breakouts. Is this doing it because I need to leave? Yes. Yeah, we're, my, this, this, yes. Is, this is why we're 360. We, we sort of... Great. This is a big round table, but we just want to allow people to go to the rooms and I think Anessa, you'll, you'll set them up. They'll be named. Uh, looks yeah. like they already are. You can choose the Starlink, uh, medical, uh, well, citizen aid for the medical kits, uh, mobile hospitals, which sort of overlaps with Phoenix, um, yeah. James Oliver and the black, uh, uh, entrepreneur, parentpreneur, sorry. And, uh, yeah, and again, borders without borders. Um, I think we're broad support for supply chain is Phoenix. So you may be putting that together with hospitals, mobile hospitals, Mario. So you yes, can... this was the idea. So citizen and Phoenix all together in, in one panel, right? Because it's kind yeah. of connected. Yeah. Might I suggest just because some people have to leave probably at one sharp. Let's just get, go to the rooms, meet the people, quick intros, take in, take contact info. Um, the idea is that each one of these, um, could and should have its own spinoff event and landing pages, and you know it's a process that we're putting in place. So, go to your go to your rooms before we assign you. Thank you very much. I need to quickly leave family uh, stuff. Thank yeah, you very got, much. We got you, thank you so much in advance for all the help. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So go go to go to your rooms. We'll call back here at about one o'clock for a quick debrief.
and I'm going to swim around. If you need help, let us know. Guide you, but just join any room you'd like. Some people take the full 60 seconds. So, Mark, Mark, thanks, the, thanks for the, such a great job, Mark. The, the reason I threw you over to the telecom room, um, it's like the Jetsons, right? You I, I, you literally show up on the other room, is uh, they need they need the link, but I just thought about it. We just use the same reference code, and they could just put a space dash space you know, telecom mesh project as a, as a, yeah, they can, they can do that. Starlink telecom mesh. Um, okay. We're also going to be talking with them. We're going to say like, Hey, we just got a huge donation, you know, or. I think that's just one of the most, we have like, it's like a most valuable product a proof of concept. And it's something that no one else is really doing. Uh, it was a great innovation from Marcelo and, and, uh, yeah, I'd love to see us team up on yeah, that. Yeah, it really so. was. And to see some of those towns reduced to two megabyte per second service for the school and for the city services and the police is just unbelievable. I mean, honestly, two megabyte per second. Think about it. I'm I'm talking today on 990 megabytes per second, you know, yeah. well, uh, I, the police to be reduced to that and the fire department and the ambulances. It's it's terrible. So just, so that was one takeaway that we can work with the Rotary and the club that you have, uh, whether it's credit, at least credit card, PayPal, or you've also got other donation links that you can provide, um, where people can wire or otherwise provide memos and earmark to using your word, Mike. Um, yes. I sent you the stock information today. Um, you know, uh, if people want to do stocks, yeah. uh, all different yep. types of of methods of yeah contributing i'm just curious now since james is here it's not ukraine but you know how is the rotary situated to help you know programs like his what is what is james can i jump in on that one yeah please nico Um, go ahead so so james love what you're doing right so by by looking at things supporting so obviously there's that financial component right so you need need money coming in for some of the stuff but also by partnering with other organizations, even like the local Rotary Clubs and, and the districts that are there, you know, the network of just the mentorship uh, that, that and the connectivity, you know, access of, you know, online classes for leadership and development, uh, the partnership with Toastmasters. So these are all free resources that you can give to the parents or even to the kids to do. Um, and you can have people in the community there to help, right? So there, there's your volunteer base and able to, you know, connect with people that they may have not met otherwise and also have an impact in the community by doing projects together. The one thing that I love about Rotary is that you can be, you know, doing a project planting a tree with somebody who's the president of a hospital or managing a hedge fund. Like, you don't know. I know you as James. I know as Marty. I know Mike as Mike. It's up to me to look for them on the outside world, but, you know, we're all doing stuff together, and that, that's the connectivity. So I think on, on the parentpreneurship on that, you know, being with like-minded people that are there to help, they're big on youth programs. Like I'm a facilitator. We do a uh, program that was developed by the Center for Creative Leadership where we do four days of leadership training 
for rising juniors and seniors of high schools. I wish I had this 30 years ago. Um, but, you know, it's things like that. But so I think that's where the synergies are there. And then if you get, you know, the partnerships like with the local clubs in Ohio or in the communities that you're in, uh, they can tell that story and it spreads. And then it can go into other communities because you have that the group of, of people that are just doing a lot of good uh, that they're giving back that want to change lives. Mm-hmm. Was that, Marty? Something? Thank you. Can I add something? I know I speak a lot, but it's important. You know what it reminds me of, the Rotary Club? Um, it reminds me of something. I, uh, Marty could probably fill in the blanks here with uh, President Grant. And, you know, he, he a lot of people, like, poo-pooed him. Uh, but he was a strong believer that uh, you don't have to lead from the front necessarily. It's about facilitating. And, if we're, if, you know, true philanthropy, uh, true community service, it's not about shining the light on you. It's about what can you do to make the world better. And that's what Rotary really represents. And I just wanted to share that, you know, it's just a, a good a good global effort. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I would like to chime in and just add, if you look at Rotary International and the pillars in which we have, uh, one of the most important when we think of democracy and Rotary stands by this is the transparency in what we do. That's what I have to offer. Well, well, Mike, I always like to say, I mean, you know, the Gates Foundation tried to end uh, polio and do things on their own with their mega network and bank well several billion into it and ultimately decided, you know, it makes much better sense to work with Rotary and let's just give them the hundred million per year to end polio now. And and Jennifer said the other night, our president, as I mentioned, our first female president in the history of the world, 117 years of Rotary. She mentioned the other night at dinner that next year our scientists and doctors believe that we are going to announce that polio has been eradicated, only the second disease on earth. The only other one that I know of that is about this close is Guinea worm disease is either going to be the second with the Carter Foundation or the third. How about Parkinson's? We have a big family that needs help with that. Mark, we need a new objective. We spent 30 years on polio. We're, we're down to a couple of cases. On guinea worm disease, we, we took okay. it from 2.5 well, million to 15. Well, I feel like I'm drinking rotary Kool-Aid. Uh, but you need a big, you need a big bottle, Mark. No, no, no. I mean, but, but, but I want to, I, I hear, I'm hearing and I'm learning. Uh, I do want to, I know you're helping Bob and, and it sounds like you guys have a game plan around Bob. You great points, Nico, as it relates to James. Um, and we're going to be sort of integrating on, on the, the Cincinnati and Columbus. Uh, Marcelo, I, uh, we were just talking before you jumped in. I think we use the same links, uh, and just earmark, um, you know, we've been trying to solve this, Marcelo. So, you know, we've got some money that's standing by to go in, you know, and then I think it will scale. Uh, great project, MVP. Great, you know, you, you've seen it. Uh, he's so he's reported back. And I know the way you're trying to do your accountability storytelling with Bob. I think, you know, Marcelo will be a, you know, that's a natural, you know, what, what, they're, what they're doing. And they, you know, I wasn't. Mark, we'll be on. We'll be on live with Bob Friday. We're going to do a one-hour special network special. Perfect. And Mark, so I think, if I may, I wanted to touch something on on the whole 360 aspect. And and this is this is you know came to me as I'm hearing everybody, and I appreciate coming in as an observer. But it's the power of one. It's the power of the connectivity. 
Yes, Rotary is a great organization that's been doing a lot of good. You know, we helped rebuild Europe after World War II, the formation of the United Nations. But, you know, hearing all the things. And so I can share on, like, when we had the initial conversation with Bob with the trauma kits, right, we were quickly able to go get a disaster relief grant, got $25,000, so the funding came in. We then got on the phone with the power of the network and found out that a Rotary Club manages a warehouse in Poland that we can get it shipped to, and they got volunteers that are able to get it right into the Ukraine. And there, there's members there that we can deliver to that we know absolutely they'll get it in there. And then we had conversations with MLove about the ambulances and how that can be great, but we needed more collaboration so we can use Borders Without Borders to help with, with the food. We can get Phoenix involved to help get the volunteers for the medical, right? So here's that whole 360 and one on, on getting together. And then even with James, I'll connect with him soon, too, and connect him with, with people in the community there that can help expand the program, right? So we have the connectivity. It's original social network. But, you know, the, the funding is, is the other component of it, right? There's different buckets to come from, and, and, and that's where, you know, some of it comes from, from – um, your group and, and others that are there, and we know that there's also governments that we can get in, but you know, that, that's, that's the power of the connectivity that we're looking on on scaling things. Well, I'd have to thank Eastiak to, for the original connection because we, we always look at relationship chains. I, there's another cluster, it's, it's, and James touches on it, but it's, it's interrelated. It's, it's, you mentioned youth. Uh, which which takes you into foster care and and juvenile delinquents and those who get incarcerated, those who need help while are incarcerated, reentry programs. So you have, you know, and and that you know you have human trafficking circles that go around, um, and criminal justice issues, and, and so there's a cluster of interconnected, you know, access to nutrition, access to education. Um, so we're looking at like doing real like workshops, you know, just to get those interconnections. It sounds like you're an interesting group because you believe in, you know, just you know, it's all the themes that we're talking about. Uh, we we want to sort of get, and a lot of our families, you mentioned Gates Foundation, so I was yeah. talking with Peg, Peg Wyant uh, who wrote this book. can't really see it very well, but it's one read. She was the first woman in corporate America, and uh, she signed her book because I said I think I I was with a family for ten years and it's magical but really functional. Um, there are too many silos and people trying to do the same thing. Like like if if Phillips got a better tracking system that Phoenix could use, you know you know innovation happens during wartime because we don't have we don't have time to have egos and 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 Paula you're dead on like you saw the in love and you said look I I think we can do better. We could reconstruct this, and you know. So I and I and then Bob is sort of a. If you haven't heard of the Denison Mafia, uh, you're 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 about to enter another little world of us all get together. The small college that we that were in from in Ohio. We got to get. I'm sure tons tons of them are Rotarians. <laughs> I've never asked. Um, it's like the Rodney Dangerfield. I wouldn't want to be a member of a, someone would would have me in the club. But you, you've invited We've had me. many many people on our family office meetings in the morning that have have raised their hand and said they were a Rotarian. You remember Mark, and they were a founding member of the club in in Palm yeah. Beach. Coming working. out of the woodwork. So I'm, I'm a lot of takeaways here, both for for Bob, Philip, 
Katerina, James, yeah. Bello. Um, and, you know, we've, we've never done this before. So, and, you know, and Marius had to leave, but we did record all this and we'll, we'll have it as a whole. We'll have it in snippets. And I want to learn so that we, we set up a system and certainly let's leverage each other. Let's help each other is the whole aim. Um, and but I'll, let me stop pausing. What other takeaways do people have for suggestions? Well, I'm glad that you felt our love for Rotary, but I did not want to serve you uh, Kool-Aid. Uh, that's just, <laughs> I just <wanted> to get... <laughs> my enthusiasm of to see, no, you know great. what it is? To see the, the efforts behind the scenes, you know, it's like the people go to the show and they, and they look so, you know, easy and clean, you know, but you know all the work that goes behind the scenes, right? And uh, that that's, I guess, my enthusiasm. That's where it comes from. Like Nico was saying, like, to see it. You know, we're, we're used to old school going to the, those, those meetings here at home, you know, staying in our little bubble, in our little circle. And to see, like, to be able to work on this global scale in real time, it's just such a thing, you know. Um, so that's where my excitement comes from. But thank you for, you know, entertaining us, too. <laughs> well, no, I, and I didn't mean it. I actually do mean it somewhat pejoratively on some subjects, but no, I was just like, if I had a, a dollar for every time I heard Rotary in the last 30 seconds, uh, it, was just, it was just, you know, you guys are passionate, right? You, you've done things together. You're doing things. We're so doing that, a good job. And I always say we have great stats. Uh, people jack their jaw a lot and drool all down their pant leg and, you know, have nothing to say. They make a lot of noise out of their throat, but they just don't produce any cash, money, or results. Um, Nico's ex-Army, Mike's ex-Army, I'm retired Navy, 30 years. Um, we're producing firing down on results. We think we're, we're still at war. We're not. We're actually in business now. And we're used to producing combat-related results for America's military. That's what we're used to. We're just doing it in business now. Yeah. And I pride myself on, you know, human resources, human services, customer relation management. I pride myself on that. What could I say? At, at the end of the day, we're a bunch of good people doing good things. And I think it's the, it's the power of the network on, on everything we're doing and in, in being those connections. The power of the network, definitely. Yes. Well, you guys know how to lead a Zoom. Yeah, well, 46,000 clubs helps, Mark, you know. They pick a country, any country. When we go in, it's a red carpet. It's the president, the governor. There may be 10 to 15 people waiting, you know, organized, and it's 117 years of organization. That's why Gates decided, like, I'm done trying to reinvent the wheel. Let me just work with Rotary. Let's just give them the $100 million per year. Um, It's much smarter. So, you know, like, how do we – how do we – What's the game plan for Bob? What's the game plan for Marcelo, Philip, Katrina? How do we how do we take that? And, and sorry, James, of course, um, like Nico's got some so, good point. So so Bob is a two step process. Bob yeah. needs to go from cradle to grave. So Bob needs to go from like Friday. His one hour network special will be filmed with the cases and and the symbols on it with rotary and everything that Nico designed uh, will be in the background shipping out. And Bob's going to open a kit and get everything out on the table to show people worldwide this is what's in a kit. 
and then tell his story. And then Bob needs to go at the end. We're going to film at the end now with, you know, the trucks that we have for Motory that drive into the Ukraine every day, handing out those kits to people with the photographs. So we, we kind of do it from cradle to grave, a full publicity promotion wraparound. And right now with Bob, Bob's shipped 100 kits today from another Rotary Club. He wouldn't have done that if he hadn't have met us through you, if I hadn't have met you through ISTIAC, okay? He would not have done that. So that's shipping today. Bob's going to ship another 500 kits this week. And then Bob's got a third club he's talking to. He asked me, Marty, will you come into that conversation and let's massage them up and help them to know what to do and how do you apply and who do we talk to? And so Mike's ulterior motive, and, and I'd like to ask Mike to speak about this, Dr. Rodriguez. Uh, Mike's been in Rotary 14 years, and he would like to see it spread to a few other clubs. Mike, can you talk about that? Well, again, we're talking about networking and how we defuse this uh, through those clubs and carry it on. And the governor will tell you that we've done similar programs, uh, and I, I raised the shelter uh, uh, where uh, clubs took over and then it went global. Uh, and again, this is what we do. And you've heard the word rotary over and over again. And what can I say? I took uh, a year sabbatical almost and traveled New England uh, through clubs. And what I noticed was is that the cohesiveness within the communities and then the relationships when they're taken out of their comfort zone and travel abroad. So we're used to having international partners in the system. And that's, that's truly what is the drive. Uh, I love what the governor says. Uh, uh, why, why are you doing it? Well, I, you know, I was kind of nurtured into it. Uh, and, and that's how it happens. Uh, and don't be surprised, Mark, if you find yourself in a foreign country uh, looking at these projects and you're saying, how did I get here? And uh, I'm going to blame it on Martin. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll share like with Katarina too. So, I mean, we, we know even with everything going on in the Ukraine, right? So there's the immediate need and that's where you, you, you have the outpouring of supplies and things that's going on. It's going to be a long haul on, on the recovery efforts, right? Rebuilding the communities, rebuilding the schools, uh, the mental health aspect. And these are all things that when we look at sustainability, the long term that, you know, it's great that we get the immediate. Um, but, you know, we know that this is going to be years and years and years that we're going to be there helping support uh, everybody that's there. So, you know, we have to have that look on things. So I'm, I'm hearing some people have to, have to hop. This one only like if we have one minute for at least everybody, what the plan is. I think I heard your plan on James. If, if you got one minute left, James, just let's re- just reiterate what our action steps are. Um, on James, I, I hear maybe you two are going to connect, Nico. Yeah, and, uh, I'm going to connect with, with, with James, and then I'm going to connect him with the uh, the governors and, and the uh, the folks in Rotary that I have connections there um, to help with that program because I think it's outstanding. Well, we we work with uh, Dewine and, and Houston, Governor Lieutenant Governor Ohio, where we're going next, so we can if that connects up. Uh, and ha- how about for Katrina, Phoenix? Is that yeah. What, what, what's our plan? I'm, I'm, I want to guess on hearing what, what, what's Rotary's plan, uh, in a way as it relates to Phoenix. Yeah, we're going to get yeah, where to go to get those hundred kits here this week. 
That's a Thank start. Thank you. We are waiting for them and for all support. Just give me some your advice. What is the next from our side? Maybe need to provide more information or video or some reports or some presentation, more deeper presentation, because we are very involved in operations and every day our people in front line. I'm just to connect all all together, all information between suppliers, uh, donors. Uh, and uh, all these groups, it's, it's not easy for us at the moment. Just give me some well, advice or recommendations. Well, Thank you in advance. So, so Mario will come back to you, but I, I, I just as I was talking about getting that workshop together, I think we need a, a deeper dive, like a full half day, but day on Ukraine. And then, like you're like a supply chain connect, you know, you're the synergies you and Philip can provide uh, to, to Bob and others. I think are are our key um we're getting to know you and through our network trusting you so we'll, we'll let let's circle back about part of the bigger picture takeaways just want to see Mar- marcelo um you want to what what do you the plan is for their rotary team rotary So, Mark, what are you, are you asking me a question? Are you I'm really direct, directing the attention towards you, asking this, this energy of, of Rotary, what, what, how they see the, you know, your project. Maybe let's just listen to them. I would Mark. like to see the, the city links on, on the MLove mobile uh, response uh, vehicles for the connectivity for the, for the refugees. Well, I think that's that would be interesting. Um, I don't know if you thought about that, Mar- Marcelo, if that's in your the, the infrastructure, the, how you're looking to scale. We're working with the ministries, right? So they're the ones telling us where they need the help the most. So if you try to correlate that with another project, which is kind of hampering their style, so to say, and uh, we would have a smaller deployment. So uh, we could try to coordinate, but um, I think that the needs are quite different at this stage. And, uh, yeah, uh, open to ideas, but uh, we're trying to make sure that uh, the connectivity goes where it's needed the most. Well, maybe if you just whisper to the ministry that there could be some ambulances on the front lines that, that could not in Kiev. There are different ministries, though. So we're working with the digital transformation and telecommunications. And uh, what we're trying to do with the ambulances, in fact, is uh, um, one of the side projects with the uh, satellite pager, giving them a lifeline in case they're in a situation of danger, they can send messages using the Iridium satellite network. So we do have something we can offer them, but uh, the CityLink really is about trying to restore some normalcy. It's not the kind of situation where you need an ambulance because there's no infrastructure whatsoever. It's basically... Uh, making sure that uh, kids can get uh, online classes and uh, the uh, village and can sort of, you know, uh, have uh, services it had before until connectivity is restored. So they're at different stages uh, of the recovery process, even though they're complementary, they do not always happen at the same time. Yeah, Marcello, so I'll, I'll share too. So the general secretary of, of Rotary International globally, uh, essentially the CEO, John Huco, uh, he, he's a member of the Rotary Club of Kiev and, and helps establish it, right? So he, and help with, with 
the, the, the independence. So Ukraine is very near and dear to him. Uh, his wife is the current president of Rotary Club of Chicago and, and helped with the uh, Ukrainian of North America do the relief to get ambulances and things that are, that are there. So there's a lot of connectivity um, and synergies that can be there. And, uh, Katerina, I would just say you asked on what Phoenix. My only ask is when you get these trauma kits, that they get to the people that need it. That's all. You know, we just want to make sure that the people need it. And I think you guys do so much there. Uh, and, you, you know, so, you know, we feel absolutely comfortable that we can get them and they're getting out in the community. So once that gets wrapped up, I can put in another grant and we can get more more there. And just the, the, the power of one and the power of the network, I shared it with my classmates. It's 500 governors globally. So I talked to my classmates and already shared, and I have probably about a half a dozen that are on board. We'll tell the story on what we did, and then, you know, then, you know, we can scale it and do a lot more. Well, I know we got sidetracked on that technical putting the tele telecom on the bus or ambulances, but you, to your storytelling, I'd I, I like to see if Marcelo could be in your cycle, Marty, then. Uh, of that story getting getting out and scaling yeah I, I honestly um i invited marcelo but it was right before the three weeks through ukraine and then uh, marius told me he was exhausted yeah i also would like to get a uh, katarina on to to do a live show with her direct from the ukraine much like we did with uh libyum uh gerazimenko uh right. i know libyum mm -hmm. has but I would like to do a live show with Katarina as well as Marcelo whenever they're ready so we can – because we know that when we start telling our story, explosive stuff happens, Mark. We start getting calls, and, and people call me crying and, and saying, like, we couldn't even talk for three hours. We, we watch right. this whole thing on YouTube, and, and they call from all over the world. 